And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila, and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo Sheila and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings on birds with friends. All I know is Zach said he has a game where he'll don't read both 7,000 And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> and so the yeah, purpose of, that's what of, I, really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. It's the fourth annual Osprey Awards, the biggest night in entertainment where all the stars come together to celebrate the year that was for concussion knuckles and aunties alike. Let's head down to the red carpet where the stars of the night are mingling in a responsibly distant manner. Look, there's former James Madison quarterback Ben DiNucci dressed up like Santa Claus. It looks like he's talking to a giant anthropomorphic mug. Oh oh my, what a gag. Here comes Marissa Morris popping up for air after her sip of coffee. And here comes Zach Berman on his bicycle. It looks like Lance Armstrong is trailing behind him. Check out those calves. This is a big night for the big Australian, Jordan Mailata, who was nominated eight times, including for the coveted Emperor Penguin Award, there he is, strutting down the red carpet, guitar in hand, and who is that behind him? Why, it looks like none other than Christopher Hewitt? The guy who played Mr. Belvedere himself! That's nice, he's walking over to say hi to Carson Wentz, who's warming the bench. Oh no! Mr. Belvedere, don't sit down! Well, I guess that means it's time to head inside. Let's fire up the Ospreys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 2021 Ospreys. That was a fantastic opening. Uh, I am not your host. I am your, what, what do you call it, when the, the, the backup to the star on Broadway? The understudy. Yeah, I'm the understudy. You know, if there were technical difficulties, if there was an emergency, I was to be called on. And as you can see, our host, Bo Wolf, is having some technical difficulties, visiting some family, maybe not the strongest Wi-Fi connection. Maybe they need some net gear, but Zach, you will fill us in on that later today. So I guess I should ask you, Zach, and you, Marissa, before we get started with the official show, how are you doing today? I will cede the floor to Marissa. How are you today? Um, I'm doing great. I hope everyone likes the intro. Um, I probably spent a little too long on that this afternoon, but 
it was very funny and it was voiced by Bo, who we're trying to get back here, I promise. Um, oh, we just totally lost him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, doing great. How are, okay. how are you guys? Everything is good. And, you know, this is sort of like when you have a rain delay for a baseball game and, you know, you're looking forward to something and the terrible programming comes on. So let's do that while we wait on Bo. Uh, we apologize to everyone. But listen, I did not write a monologue or anything like that in opening. This was the first time where Bo said you guys don't have to prepare at all. Just dress appropriately which we all did. So, uh, Zach, let's let's knock out some, uh, you know, we can knock out some Eagles nuggets while we wait for Bo, for those in the audience, the two of you, uh, maybe maybe fewer than that, who, who care about that right now. Where are we in Eaglesville right now as we approach uh, free agency? Any news, any notes here as we uh, get ready for the start of the new league year? Sure. Since the last time we all convened, the big news came on Friday when Jason Kelsey announced that he will return for the 2021 season. It will be his 11th year with the Eagles, and uh, uh, he re he redid his deal, uh, which would give the Eagles some short-term cap relief and certainly helps Jason Kelsey, I imagine, going forward as well. It's been a good uh, week in Jason Kelsey's life. He he had his, uh, his second child, his daughter. He also... Uh, Got his first vaccine, and and so uh, the Eagles are, are getting their center Jason Kelsey back next season. That's that's the biggest news on on the Eagles front. They made a few minor transactions yesterday afternoon. Blake Countess, Hassan Ridgeway were both released. Uh, that is a little bookworking thing. Both those guys signed the futures deals, but because they're veterans, they would have counted in the top fifty-one. So this actually pushes, uh, and when I say top 51, starting on March 17th, only your top 51 salaries count against the salary cap. So that will give them some cap relief there. Also, some players have restructured their deals. Uh, the NFL Network reported today Isaac Sayamalu restructured his deal. So that gives the Eagles some cap relief. And then one thing to watch, Sports Illustrated reported that Brandon Brooks' name has come up in trade conversations. So uh, I, th I think those are the big news items since we last convened. So a couple interesting things on that, Bo, if you are, uh, whenever you are able to join us, just let us know and we will go straight into Osprey's mode. Bo, you know, Bo actually forwarded his speech to Marissa who forwarded it to me and I read the first two sentences and decided I cannot read, there's no way I'm reading this. And so we, we will wait for Bo to deliver his monologue. But on Eagles News, you, you know, it's interesting, Zach, I've got a piece coming up on The Athletic uh, tomorrow where I am pairing the top 50 free mm -hmm. agents with teams. It's a piece I like doing every year, sort of a, a predictions piece. You know, it kind of lets you know who might be, be available for which teams, which teams might be the biggest players. And one thing that really stood out, and this is going to sound weird because it's not like a, a pre, uh, usually a premium position, but when you mentioned Brandon Brooks, I thought of it, is that the demand for guards among teams that have money is way higher than you would ever expect. I mean, really, there are, you know, there are basic, there were basically two guards in my top 50, Joe, Tho Joe Thune of the Patriots and uh, Brandon Scherf, who got franchise tagged. Those are the only two guards in the top 50. And if you go down, you know, all these teams that have money, these teams that want to protect their quarterbacks, 
there's no supply to meet their demand. So initially when I saw that Brooks report, I thought, you know, get out of here. The guy's coming off a season ending injury. He plays guard. How old is he? Is he, is he 30 yet? 31, I believe. 31. Okay. I believe so. So I thought, you know, no one is giving anything up for this. But as I did that exercise, I thought, you know, there are teams out there. If you're a team, uh, I feel like I mentioned the Chargers for every player. But if you're a team <laughs> like the Los Angeles Chargers and it's like a mid-round pick for Brandon Brooks, you know, you might consider doing that because really there are not a lot of great options and especially options of his caliber out there on the market. And it's not just the Chargers. There are uh, some other teams also. Bo, how are you doing? Terrible. This is my worst nightmare. <laughs> need some more like, time. I... Literally yeah. my worst nightmare. Can you guys Wow. Uh, yes, we can. Uh, yes, we can. While both setting up I, uh, and on the topic of free agency, I don't know if this is an actual Osprey award. I certainly don't want to jump the gun, but best performance during free agency definitely goes to Shield Capati. And I'm not just saying that to uh, to butter him up here. The, <laughs> the content during the past two weeks has been outstanding. And I, I, I say that as someone reporting on free agency who has used it uh, as a resource, but also as a football fan, right? Like every single position, uh, these rankings, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's piece. Like you said, uh, matching them up. I would say to all our listeners, uh, make sure you check out this free agency content because Shield is cornering free agency coverage the way Dane Brugler is cornering draft coverage. Well, well, thank you for that. I, I did notice that I was not included in that intro, so I'm sure there's another shoe to drop with both throwing something my way. So I'm not going to be uh, taking a whiff or smelling myself just yet because I know there's going to be something else uh, something else here. Uh, Jason Kelsey, that news, uh, I don't know if it surprised you at all, Zach, the way it was announced where it was, hey, I'm coming back to lead the Philadelphia Eagles. I guess that surprised me a little bit only because we had talked about the possibility that Jason Kelsey could come back, but maybe approve a trade to a team like the Chiefs or maybe even another team that he wanted to play for and really contend uh, for a Super Bowl next year. But that was not the case. It sounds like he's going to come back and be ready to go right away. And as I was looking at uh, you know, some of the needs of some of these teams, and uh, you certainly have written about that at length, the Eagles, this is sort of weird because up front on both sides of the ball, they're like in better shape than most teams. You know, if yeah, you go, absolutely. With, if you go yeah. with the old Joe Banner, you know, throw everyone else. Uh, don't don't worry about anyone else. Just look at offensive line and defensive line. I don't know if it's top five. I, I think there's certainly top 10 if you took like an aggregate of offensive and defensive line uh, throughout the league. So I don't know. Does that mean that they might be a little bit better than uh, we anticipate next year? It, well, the asterisk there is uh, the asterisk is is the injuries, right? Or are the injuries? Um, because that with the offensive line in particular, you know, you have three players coming off major injuries. Maybe only two, if it, well, it's it's actually four players if you include say Amalu. Uh, then you obviously have Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, and then either if if you're talking about Andre Doerr, it's four. If you're talking about uh, a Jordan Mailata, it's 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 three. But when healthy, they could surprise in that regard because they are stout on the offensive line. They have continuity there, um, and they'll be able to be competitive with good line play if if they are healthy. So that's the big thing. As far as Jason Kelsey, uh, Bo had that great piece back in 2019 that really showed what he goes through during a season, and in Kelsey's case. I, I can't speak for him, but from all indications, 
he was on the healthier side this year compared to some previous years. Uh, so that certainly works to his advantage, right? Like, like he's his is his body's in good shape. Uh, I listened to the interview that he did with PhiladelphiaEagles.com, and he he said he hasn't lost his desire to play. He's asked a lot of different people, "When do you stop playing? When do you retire?" And they say, you know, when it's time to leave, you would know. And he doesn't know yet, so he took that to mean he still wants to play. And the other thing that he said was that he didn't want to end his Eagles time with the way last year went. Right. Mm. Uh, and he is someone who takes, uh, he, I, I think he's, he's a prideful Eagle, right? Like he, that, that means something to him. And so I, I could see knowing Jason Kelsey, that carrying some weight that he didn't want to hand the offensive line off, hand the team off, if you will, after the way last year went. So for all those reasons, it is sensible, but the flip side, and, and it's what we discussed last week. Like he's he's a uh, he's an all pro. You know he's he's one of the top players, uh, or, or I should say one of the top centers of his generation. And uh, the Eagles are not Super Bowl contenders next year. A team like Kansas City would have been. You know you know they're they're going to be. So you could have seen a trade in in that sense. Uh, but certainly the Eagles have a better offensive line going forward, knowing Jason Kelsey's there. Yeah, I haven't I haven't uh, dove into this topic, but Kelsey is not far off from a Hall of Fame discussion. You know, if he, uh, I don't know what it would take. Maybe it would take like two. Uh, again, I'm just you know saying this off the top of my head, so this could be wrong in my head. It feels like if he were to put together two more Pro Bowl seasons, I think if you look at that compared to uh, other interior offensive linemen who have gotten in the Hall of Fame. I wonder how that would compare. It's been sort of this weird career. I know when I did that, the feature on him a couple of years back, and uh, I remember talking to members of his family and they were basically like, you know, a little annoyed that they felt like the Eagles wanted him out when they drafted Isaac Sayamalo, mm, yep. you know, the, like the writing was on the wall. They oh, thought yeah. His career was over um, and they were kind of shoving him out the door. And then he has this unbelievable renaissance and really has probably played, you know, his best football of his career, you could say over the last, you know, three or four years. So um, that that's, you know, I don't know if that's something that uh, he thinks about or not, but you know, how could you not when you're at this stage in your career? On your all-decade team, where was he? Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't recall, but that usually is a barometer for Hall of Fame candidacy. I was trying to remember. He was definitely in the conversation. I, I want to say it was him. Uh, I think Alex Mack was probably mm -hmm. in there. Pouncey. And, uh, and Pouncey. I think those were the three centers. I think I was probably fighting a little bit for uh, for Kelsey to be acknowledged there. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it, a short list of three for the decade – uh, that would make you think that he's at least um, in the mix here. All right, there are some some comments we should get to here. Uh, Stone Cold says, outfit rankings, Marissa, number one. Uh, two, empty out of respect for Marissa. Uh, three, <laughs> Shield. Four, Zach. Five, Bo. Uh, so, okay. Marissa, you, you were telling us, uh, you know, you're not going to play this cool and act like you just threw something on. You gave no. thought to this, right? Yeah, so, you know, like, nobody has gone anywhere for a year now, basically. So... I was like, wow, this is an excuse to actually go to the dresses part of my uh, closet. So I was trying on a bunch of different dresses and checking how they looked on the Zoom, you know, so 2021, right? But um, yeah, so I put a lot of thought into this because I haven't had an excuse to dress up for a while. So ready to, <laughs> to get this uh, 
fourth annual Osprey's going. <laughs> well, Marissa's the clear number one. Uh, in in my defense here, I am reading. <laughs> this is a text message that I sent at three twenty three to or, or three twenty five today. Bo, any prep work we need me? for tonight? Yes, we can yes. hear you typing. We can hear you, can hear you uh, everything about you. I know, frankly, I think uh, we should keep it that way. Yeah, oh, you're not? This is a disaster. I'm gonna take, oh, my gosh. I'm going to jump off a bridge. This is awful. <laughs> Can Please you, don't do that. Please don't can do you, that. Can you drive to like a local, um, you know, coffee establishment that has Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, maybe just park in the parking lot? See if that holds up. Do you know anyone else? What do you want to tell people where you are? We could have a listener here, uh, you know, who who's nearby. Maybe you could sit in their driveway uh, with a mask on and connect to their Wi-Fi or any of these options for you. Okay. Does not look like any of those are going okay, so, to be options. So Bo is wait, out of town with family. read the categories we have for tonight to get people like that are still listening, maybe a little excited for what we're going to get to? Yeah, or? yeah so, wait, wait, so I, I just want to finish this off. I, I said, also, so I'm not out of dress code. Are you guys dressing up? That's that's what I texted. And Bo not writes. Not to me. Was I in on that? Yeah, this is the birds with oh. friends. You, yeah, she'll didn't respond. Oh, okay. and she didn't respond. And Bo said, I didn't pack a nice enough outfit, but I'll wear the best of what I have. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I don't usually discuss with my wife what I'm going to wear for our podcast, right? But uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, I, I, I said, do I need to dress up for this? You know, and I, I didn't want to go tie if you guys were not dressed up for it. I didn't quite know what the best bow had packed was for this trip. <laughs> so I figured that if I had the jacket and the shirt, worst case scenario, I can take off the jacket before mm. and then then I just have the button down. When I logged on, it was she and Marissa were on, and I said, "Oh goodness, I am underdressed <laughs> for the night." So I uh, I apologize for her for not bringing it tonight. All right, let's do this, Marissa. Send me over my, the. Wait, what was that, Poe? Father-in-law's clothes. <laughs> Oh, they are because somebody mentioned that Bo Def has a father-in-law tie-on. Oh, okay, sharp-dressed man there. Uh, all right, so he, I think what we should do, you know, so we don't lose the audience, is Marissa, maybe you can forward me the uh, categories, you know, in the awards, and you know, we can throw some awards out there. We won't get to all of them before Bo. Can you hear me now? All right. Yeah, I can, can hear you. Yep. All right, should I just do the intro? Yeah, do the intro. We can hear you. Yeah. All right. This is, I mean, what a nightmare. All right. And scene. Hello, everybody. How are we doing tonight? Good? Everybody's comfortable? What's that? It's a little cold in here. Uh, no, that's it's not the air conditioning. That's just the, the decision we made to sit Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, and Jalen Hurts in the same section. <laughs> There's more ice over there than at a Trump rally near the Mexican border. Ah, come on. I kid. Howie, how's the finger? Seriously, though, who could have imagined a year ago that Doug and Carson 
were both entering their final seasons with the Eagles. This, of course, is the fourth annual Osprey Awards, which, if you do the math, means the inaugural edition came after the Eagles won Super Bowl 52. Now they're coming off a 4-11-1 season in which they finished last in what might have been the worst division in NFL history. Never before has an institution done so much damage in only four extremely long years. You know, these are weird times. We've got this, uh, this COVID thing going on. You guys seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> Vaguely. Yes. The, uh, the pandemic kept fans out of the stands for most of the season, and we all spent more time inside than Greg Ward. I know a lot of Eagles fans wonder whether the course of the franchise could have been altered if only they had a chance to boo this team in person like they deserved. Would Carson Wentz have been able to turn things around before he got benched? Would Doug Peterson have been more aggressive or more creative with the offense? Would J.J. Ortega-Whiteside have remembered he existed? But right now, the city is more backed up with boos than that guy who sucker-punched Dallas Goddard over the summer. What else is in the news? I saw something uh, about that interview with the Royals over the weekend. Uh, I remember there was a time when it was sort of a meme on the Eagles Twitter account that Carson Wentz sort of looked like uh, Prince Harry. But I guess that comparison is out the window now since we know Prince Harry is allowed to talk. I believe the last time we heard from Carson was the night he was benched in favor of Jalen Hurts. And a lot has happened since then. He finished the season as a backup. Democracy nearly fell. Doug Peterson was fired. Nick Sirianni thanked Don Slowinski in his opening press conference. Carson agitated for a trade behind the scenes. Ted Cruz went to Cancun. Carson finally did get traded to Indianapolis. Marissa got engaged. And nothing. Not a peep from Carson. The guy went from junk to monk. I mean, he had 50. 15 interceptions in 12 games and 10 fumbles to boot. He was like Oprah with all those giveaways. You see how we brought that around to the interview? That was good, right? And, and what's with this Colts fetish? I think the final ledger of moves since 2020 is Carson Wentz, Press Taylor, Noah Tongiai, and Mike Grow to the Colts in exchange for Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, Kevin Petulo, and Jason Michael. Now I hear Zach Ertz might be headed that way. What's next? The Mummers? In exchange for what? Tom Wolf never being allowed alone in a room with a woman other than his wife? If Sirianni starts calling his wife mother, we'll know the deal is complete. And remember when Mike Pence went to that Colts game and just left during the anthem? I thought that was the most embarrassing performance I'd ever seen until what we like to call the Jamon Brown game. Anyway... We've got a lot to get to tonight, uh, so I will wrap things up. 50 Ospreys will be doled out, including the first-ever Cecil B. Duckbill Award for Lifetime Achievement. We've got a performance from Carly Rae Jepsen. And five nominees for the biggest award in podcasts are all here tonight, as Jordan Mailata, Travis Fulgham, Jason Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, and Roger Goodell all vie for the Emperor Penguin Award as the king or queen of the 2020 season. And Roger, while I have you, I do want to apologize. I doubted you and I doubted the avarice of the shield. And for that, I'm sorry. I think we can all agree 
that no matter how many people were infected with a deadly disease in service of a game that puts its employees at significant long-term health risks that definitely could have been postponed a few months for the better of the country, it was all worth it to finally Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Missed the punchline. Oh god. Oh. Who oh wants to finish gosh. that for him? She also I don't know where he was no, going. No, I can't. Let's let's save the timing now. Yeah. I was at Zach. Okay. I'll wait. I'll debut my new mug then. Yes. Many, yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations, Congratulations. to Marissa. I didn't want to speak out of turn there, Marissa. So I, I at the top, I, I didn't congratulate you, but formally congratulations. Thank you. I didn't know if Bo had something planned, so I didn't want to. <laughs> Lots of congrats coming in here in the uh, in the chat for Marissa, uh, the bling, the mug, the hardest working producer uh, in America. So make sure, Marissa, you go back and read all those uh, comments. Someone did this. While I'm editing say... this tonight, and I'm like, oh my God. Someone goes, does that mug say wifey? <laughs> It does. it does. So I wanted to get a like put a ring on it one, but I didn't have enough time today. So this was the easiest pickup one I could do. You know, it's like getting promoted. It's like getting promoted from the practice squad to the active roster. You exactly. know, you're, you're in. You're exactly. In, so. Had to had to have a matching mug. You know. So. All right. So, uh, Bo, we see you. We did not catch the end of your monologue. Uh, I don't know if you can hear us or not. We're uh, you were talking we about lose? Roger Goodell, yes. Right before the punchline of finally yes. good something happening to Tom Brady. <laughs> okay, there you go. Tom Brady, all right. And then I think you were going to ask me how I'm doing. So listen, let's, uh, you know, this is the equivalent, I, I believe, of we had the chat about how Zach, uh, Zach, what were you, what was the piece of news you were sleeping for? Doug Peterson had got, COVID yes. is that the- I, I took Advil PM and, okay. uh, and my wife's urging and Doug Peterson got COVID. Yes. <laughs> okay. And, and we could tell for uh, weeks, you know, that uh, that kind of ate at you, it, you know, it really shouldn't have. Um, I would say multiply that by about uh, 50. And that's what this is going to be like for Bo. I mean, really, <laughs> this is, uh, I think this is, if he had to rank his favorite parts about his job, I mean, the guy's on paternity leave and he wrote this monologue. He came up with all these categories, Zach. How many text exchanges did we have where Zach and I are like, you know, we could probably just wait till April to do the <laughs> exactly. Ospreys. Like we really are going to have about four months where nothing's going on. Yep. And Bo's like, no, you have to get it done before the start of the new <laughs> yeah. league year. <laughs> and so uh, that is what we did. So uh, I was been killing himself with free agency. We could have yeah. waited until May and June. And we <laughs> so, had to get it in tonight. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Bo, basically, I think, you know, I don't know if commenters want to chime in here. Do we want to um, postpone this for a, another night when you are on better Wi-Fi? Do you want me to start reading some categories? Uh, we, we really hear that static from you. It, it just sounds like yeah, you're maybe typing. turn your volume down a little. You know, it's kind of sounds like you're uh, typing it's not nonstop there. Uh, you know, we've really already done a half an hour <laughs> podcast here. So, uh, you know, Z- Z- Zach yeah. and I can knock out a couple other uh, Eagles related topics if we want. And um, I well, would be happy to delay this for another time. Uh, what, d- what does everyone else think? Why don't we do that? Okay. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's get to some Eagles talk. Uh, uh, you know, uh, people are uh, saying you guys got all dressed up. Specifically, Marissa got all dressed up. I got dressed no, up again. I'm- this was fun. Yeah, I kind of yeah. liked it. I tied a tie. I looked in the mirror. You know, my my hair was getting a little. Uh, I actually did the pre-shave. You know, I like to get the I like to get the second day of the bald head. I don't if I'm got something going. I don't want to shave it that morning. You know, you might get a little nick. You might not get a spot. It's not going to look good. But why are you still here? What are what is your plan? What are you doing? I don't know. I just yeah, it's like yeah. the worst night of my life. <laughs> well, that means you've lived a very a great life. It's the worst night of your life. Listen, don't take it hard. Here's what you do. People say you do have to dress in your uh, father-in-law's outfit next time. Uh, you will just wait till you not on his Wi-Fi. <laughs> Yeah, we'll wait till you're on more reliable Wi-Fi. Uh, I will say you might have to, you know, do another little monologue, a little opening. You might have to yeah. write another one up. We've got all your categories. We've got all that work done. And I don't know, so you sound pretty good right now. You sound it's a little good. better now. Okay. No. Okay. All right. Well, so I guess you just want to listen, uh, or are you are you chiming in? I mean, uh, I'm. You, you, you just don't. You you feel lonely. Okay. You feel lonely. You want to be around your friends. Uh, this really is your yeah. your happy. It's, place. A, bad, okay. it's right. such a bad night for me that I need I need the the camaraderie. Okay. Maybe if you want to say something, just so you know, this has been probably the worst audio experience anyone could ask for in a podcast. So if you want to say something, maybe just raise your hand or something and we'll go to you. That way you're not cutting in and out, um, interrupting, or or do you want to just try to chime in and see what happens? Let me just, I'm just going to say, I just, you know, I want to apologize to the listeners. Uh, I know they've been excited for the Ospreys as I have. Uh, You know, we count down to this event every uh, every day of the year. And so I will say right now, my promise to the listeners and uh, the loyal birds with friends, lovers, that next year's Ospreys will be in person. I make that oh, wow. promise now. Uh, that's the only way that we can possibly make up for this debacle. Um, we'll fly it looks, in. It looks like two hours from us. <laughs> and uh, okay. we'll fly her in. And, uh, and from that, I will... Uh, I will let you guys take it away. And I'm just going to sit here and listen because, you know, I'm going to listen to the show too. Uh, And hopefully we can, hopefully we can uh, write this wrong at some point. 
I'm going to love, by the way, uh, someone in the accounting department going through the expense reports, and it's like, oh, Super Bowl combine Ospreys. Oh, okay, of course, yes. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you know, uh, a guy who's been uh, very skeptical, or, or not skeptical, but uh, you know, realistic in many ways, but leaning on the conservative side with the with the epidemic and COVID feels good enough that uh, by this time next year he thinks we can just have a live in person party. So there you go. That's something to look forward to. Everyone should be encouraged by that. All right, Z-Berm, let's knock out some Eagles talk here, okay? This Absolutely. is all improv. This is testing our, you know, let's say we were walking down uh, Market Street and an executive at WIP popped out and said, Zach, Sheil, uh, you know, we need someone to host the 850 to 930 block no prep. Can you guys That's come ambitious. in? It's 40 minutes. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. it. I mean, I don't know. Well, you, know, you got commercials and all that. Sure. Hey, Rado, can you do it? And this, this is what we would have to do. So, all right. I, I've got a topic that I want to start on. If you've got anyone you want to hit on, anything you want to yes. hit on, anyone you want to hit on also, you know, we are a reward <laughs> show. Uh, you know, you can message me. You can bring it up. If anybody has, I, you know, questions they want to get to, leave them in the chat. But here's what I want to get to, Zach, because we talked in our, uh, or we wrote, on the athletic about free agency specifically from an Eagles perspective, we went position by position. We each picked who we thought was the most likely player they could target. But I thought what was most uh, interesting about that exercise was what we did for our wild card category. And so basically the idea was, let's say, you know, Howie Roseman's feeling himself a little bit. It's the first, let's say, you know, three, four days of free agency. There's a player out there who hasn't been signed. We, we've all heard how we tell this story before, right? Oh, you know, we didn't think we were going to be able to get this guy. But then I kept in touch with his agent and next one thing led to another and we got him. And so we don't expect the Eagles to be huge players, but we did answer that question. Who, who's that guy who, who would be in my top 50 list here who the Eagles could potentially surprise and we're saying, how did they afford that? What kind of cap maneuverings did they do to sign this guy? But, you know, it kind of, make sense with the direction of their franchise. Who, who is a guy you think uh, could fit that category? Well, I, I don't want to jump on your guy because you and I actually uh, had the same person. Go um, ahead. And, so the, the person that, that came to mind when we had that exercise, it was John Johnson, John Johnson, the third, I should say uh, from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, fits a lot of what the Eagles would like in a safety. I, I, I'll actually defer to you in, in terms of evaluating him, but in terms of the age profile, in terms of everything I've heard about him from the character profile, um, health-wise, uh, style of play, and position of need. Uh, now, that being said, safety is a position that has, that has thinned when you've looked at the franchise tags. Um, so John Johnson might well be the top safety on the market at this point, especially after you saw Justin Simmons, uh, Marcus May, Marcus Williams, all, all getting the tag. Um, so then I will go with the guy who I ended up writing about, and that was Corey Davis. Uh, now, in, in wide receiver is the position kind of on the other side of it. It's probably the deepest position in free agency. So that's the position where there might be a player who fits the description you said where they were expecting bigger money, but some of those seats were filled. He's kind of standing there. His, the price is different. Well, I don't know if I don't think Corey Davis is going to be that type of player because of the age profile. But look, the number five pick in the draft, we know the Eagles were interested in him back in 2017. Coming off the best season of his career, the Titans, in my opinion, I would probably 
I speculate in John Robinson's opinion, made a mistake not giving him the fifth year option. He's the kind of guy they should, you know, they they are probably regretting that now. Um, but when you look at the size, he can be the X receiver that the Eagles need. And the Eagles could very well have the philosophy that they had in 2017, which was they've tried in the draft a few times to add to the position. It hasn't worked, so they're going to plug it in free agency. That's when they went and they signed Alshon Jeffrey. They signed Torrey Smith. Now, I think when you look at where the Eagles are drafting, they're going to have a good chance to take a potential difference maker at wide receiver this year. But if they're sitting there saying, look, we've tried to address this position. We haven't hit on it yet. Um, this is a ripe free agency class. Uh, some guys are going to make less than they would make in a different year. Corey Davis would be the ideal player for what the Eagles are seeking. He can be their number one receiver and upgrade their offense tomorrow. Yeah. The, I mean, the Titans have really had a disastrous stretch here. I mean, you, you mentioned that you're right. They declined his fifth year option. I'm sure people saw the news. They trade Isaiah Wilson, their oh, yeah. first round pick from last year for a seventh round pick swap. The guy plays three plays for them. Uh, last year, last offseason, they signed Vic Beasley on a one-year $9 million contract. Uh, he's gone after five games. Uh, Jadeveon Clowney, they signed to a $13 million contract. He played eight games without a sack. Marissa, it sounds like you put the curse. I, I don't know when you did this, but you had to have put the curse on the Titans at some point because they are. I think they are going to take a huge uh, drop-off this year. Well, I mean, they couldn't have done it last year when I had the under. <laughs> yeah, I would say take the under. Definitely let I, ride with that. Don't don't come off that floor. Let's give you the under right now for the Titans for, for 2021. Uh, Corey Davis is a is an interesting name, Zach, for sure. I, I think he would definitely fit. I think he's got the ceiling of like a a solid number two receiver. And I do think there's upside there. If you, if you feel like he's going to mature a little bit later, if you're a more uh, pass heavy offense, uh, I still like the skill set, not just from when he was drafted, but even if you watch the plays that he does make, they are impressive plays. You know, he's not just going through the motions and somebody who's wide open. So that is a good name. Uh, John Johnson, like you mentioned, is the guy who I think we both had targeted there first. And so I, I was looking at this and thinking, all right, let's say they have a little money to spend and there's a guy who doesn't get signed right away, who could they go after? And so in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, it's got to be someone who's like no older than, you know, what, 27, 28 years yep. old max. There's no point in signing a guy uh, older than that right now. And then I'm looking at positions in need. And, you know, not to say that they're set for like the next three years at O-line and D-line, but I do think they have options there. And that's the one area where they have some young players. You have some guys on the roster you kind of want to see, are they going to develop? Like Jordan Mailata, right? You Let's see. He might be the answer. He might not be. That's kind of what 2021 is going to be about. And so uh, I looked at safety and thought, well, Rodney McLeod is 31 and coming off a season-ending injury. Kayvon Wallace, maybe he'll pan out. I mean, fourth-round picks, maybe. those are lottery tickets. It's not like you're penciling him in for a safety spot. And I looked at John Johnson, and I said, all right, he's 25 years old. Um, and what's really interesting about this is the scheme that the Eagles, I think, or we think are going to employ this year, is going to be different. We think that they're going to move to more a two deep safety look. Yep. Uh, we think they're going to play more zone coverage. And what's interesting is that the positions you would typically target with the Eagles defensive scheme playing the way like the Colts played last year or, or like the Vikings have played in the path past. These are places where Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator came from are different than some of the positions that the Eagles target. For example, 
if they made this change last offseason, there's no chance you trade make that trade for Darius Slay. I mean, I think we were, you know, probably saying you shouldn't have made that trade anyway, but this is going to be heavy zone coverage and two deep looks. Well, where did John Johnson come from? He came from a scheme that played a lot of two deep coverages and was zone heavy. And he he played, I think, over 250 snaps at slot corner, at free safety, and at strong safety. And so he was a versatile player. He called the signals for that Rams defense. He, he was said to be like a great locker room guy, a great leader, um, have all those intangibles, all those different things. And the safety market is not like out of whack. You know, if you're looking at, all right, a top edge rusher, a top wide receiver, you're talking 18, $20 million. Uh, safety is different. You know, the top of that market is $14 million. And so if he's not coming in at the top of that market, you're saying, all right, is he like a, an $11 million player, uh, a year player? And that all of a sudden becomes a lot more affordable. So that's why I thought that would be um, potentially a player that they could look at, you know, just sort of a young leader. Hey, we know we're not going to be good next year, but if we're good in two years, if we're good in three years, this is somebody who could just be hitting his prime at that point and could look like a good, a good signing. So, so maybe that's a guy who could make sense for them. And, and by the way, if, if the Eagles are able to, you know, if, if you're trying to figure out how they can fit a guy into their, into, into their cap situation, there's a lot of maneuvering they, they must do here. But if, if, if they can give a four or five year contract to somebody, you can spread that bonus out and then put a low base year salary here in 2021. And I know there's some projection involved, but you're assuming the cap is going to go up um, quite a bit, quite significantly because of the TV money. As a matter of fact, I saw a quote from Jerry Jones today, basically uh, suggesting that and referencing that with the uh, Dak Prescott deal. So if the Eagles are, are saying, you know, they're, they're going to get some of these bad contracts off the books this year, if they, you know, if you give a two-year deal, you can't do that because you can't spread the bonus money out. But if you give a four or five-year deal, um, they could be able to get, you know, a, a guy whose who's annual average salary is in that, you know, 10 plus million range because they'll be able to spread the, the, uh, the bonus money. Bo, do you, you you have anything to say? You're, are you enjoying the show? All right, I, I think am. Bo is mute. Okay, I am enjoying the show. Uh, I was going to say that part of the part of the calculation on like who could be the wild card is like who could still be available. Like who, mm -hmm. like what you were talking about. Like we were surprised this guy is still out there. Like who has a reason that they could still be out there? So I was trying to think about that as well. And like you know, Will Fuller is going to get paid a ton of money, but. Maybe because he's got the suspension and the injury history, maybe he's waiting like he's out there a little bit longer than you might expect. Somebody like that. That's all. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm. I don't know if Will Fuller's going to get paid a ton of money. I mean, really, you would have to be a sort of crazy GM with his injury history and the one year he's avoiding that injury history, he gets suspended for PEDs. I, I mean, this is should be like the poster child for a red flag uh, free agent. I, I'm not saying he's not he's not a good player. He's a, he's an outstanding player, but um, I could see him signing a one-year deal trying to juice up his value, uh, no pun intended. No pun there. intended. <laughs> and, and then, and then re-entering the market uh, next year. And I think you're right, Zach. You know, I, I almost, uh, I'm curious to see what this free agency period is like. I almost feel like it's being overdone a little bit with the uh, – cap thing. You know, I'm not saying every team's going to be able to spend like the Eagles cannot just do whatever they want and sign, you know, three $15 million a year type players.
players. But I, I think, uh, you know, a, a big chunk of like certainly the, the top 50, maybe even the top 100 are going to find deals because of what you just said. I mean, what did we just see? Um, who was the person who just signed? Levante David, right? So Levante David signs with the Bucks, and it's a two-year, $25 million contract, but it's what all, a lot of these teams do anyway. The Eagles do it. The Saints do it. You add voidable years to the end, and all that does is just what you said. It takes that signing bonus, and it spreads it out over more years. And so the bill comes due eventually. You still have to account for it on the cap, but if you're accounting for it in three years from now, I mean – we don't know, but I, you know, I don't get yeah. the sense that these NFL owners are like very responsible where, you know, like they're like, Oh, got to stay under our budget because things aren't going to bounce back. These GMs, they're going to be like, please give me a break in three years. Uh, the league is going to be thriving. You know, the league got off all its games during a pandemic. If a pandemic can't, you know, stop us totally, then we're going to be fine going forward. So I, I do think there's going to be a lot of uh, big contracts being handed out. And the other thing I was looking at when I looked at specifically the defense, the Eagles defense and how it might be different is that like linebacker is a very different position for a Jonathan Gannon, you know, a, a cover two type defense than it was for the Eagles previously. Do you think that would be an area where they are, are they going to change their mind about linebacker at all? Or is it going to be business as usual here going forward? I'm fascinated to see uh, because Howie Roseman's still in charge and Howie Roseman still has a, a way of, of building the team and they're going to put money into more premium positions. But I, I think it's fairly clear that they can't go with the strategy that they've utilized the past two years in particular and expect anything to be different because, and, and look, I, I've spoken to people in the organization about this and their line has, has been that there's some positions where you just need to, draft and develop well, but they've neither drafted well nor developed well. And so like, is that automatically going to change? Well, the, the, the best way to change that would be to either draft someone early, which I can't see them doing maybe second round. Um, yeah. but, but even that's ambitious and then, uh, or sign a guy comparable, you, you know, you don't do the signings like, uh, you know, these LJ four Jatavius Brown type signings where, um, you know, you are really doing the bargain basement. Even if you don't do top of the market, you can do what you did with Nigel Bradham in 2016, where you're signing like a solid starter with upside, uh, who's kind of in the prime of his career. Right. And, and so that would probably take them out of the, uh, the Jayon Brown, um, market, but there are guys um, who who fit that pro, you know, who they have starting experience. They're competent players. They're in that 25, 26, 27 year old range, and they would be day one upgrades for you. So I wouldn't rule that out. Certainly not. Yeah, I think they, you know, you can really compare it to running back for them. I think that they're not going to be paying top of the market. They're not going to be using a first round pick there, but. Like a second round, you know, Michael Kendricks was a, a second round pick, right? Yep. And that was that was under um, under Howie. Uh, certainly, the running backs you've seen them, seen them take, Lashawn McCoy, Miles Sanders, over the years, like they'll spend a second round pick uh, on that position. So I, I think that would be ideal for them. Even if you look at the Colts, Darius Leonard, he was a second round pick, I believe, right? So yes, he uh, was. You know that that it would not shock me if they spent a day two pick. Now I guess they spent a day two pick on a linebacker last year, but hopefully you would get somebody who is going, you know, profiles a higher ceiling. I would say, you know, we sure. were saying on draft night, 
Davion Taylor is a sub package player. Um, and, and did this make you know, that's kind of his ceiling and does that make sense? So I think if you could find a, a middle linebacker who is has great leadership qualities and can stay on the field, uh, for three downs, even if it's not an all pro caliber guy, but just like a competent or a slightly above average guy on day two, uh, potentially that would make sense. All right. What else do we want to get to? I have one more question for you. Uh, and then if anybody has a question about a specific free agent you want to hear us talk about as we close out here with the last segment, uh, leave it in the chat and we will make sure we talk about that. Zach, in terms of trades, you know, we could mm -hmm. see trades as, as you go through these team needs. There are uh, situations where just teams are not going to be able to uh, sign guys they want at positions of need. And so there will be another uh, market there. Who are some Eagles names that stand out? I, I'm sure we've talked about some of these guys, but if you had to name like, uh, I don't know, two guys, three guys, whatever you want to do, who you feel like uh, will be traded by the Eagles here uh, between now and, and let's say the draft. It doesn't even have to be sure. in the next uh, week. Uh, who, who are some names that come to mind? Well, Zach Ertz, that's that's obviously yes. not an original one, uh, but I I would imagine um, that will be done before the league year. I'm curious to see where he goes, and I've been on record saying like I I think he's going to be a good player where he goes next. I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl tight end. I, I I just think and and you did that great story on him back in 2018. Um, he's a tight end who I think is going to age well, and I think there's some recency bias. Last year was the first time he really had that like a major injury. Um, during the, you know, he, it was, it was an ankle injury, but, um, he, well, I guess I got a concussion's a major injury too. I don't want to be a concussion uncle here, but the type <laughs> of injury that has, that has kept him out for an extended period of time. Right. Uh, and, yes. But uh, I, I'm saying like the type of injury that, that has kept him out for extended period of time. Thanks um, Bo. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I did not phrase that well, uh, um, uh, his lung or something like that. Puncture his lung. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's never even lost a limb. Come on. Uh, so, but I, I think he's a better player than he was last season. Uh, so who else would I put on that list? We mentioned Brandon Brooks at the top. I don't think Brandon Brooks is going to be traded um, just because I, I, I don't think financially uh, it makes much sense for the type of return that they're going to get, but I would not rule it out. And I, I've written this and I've said this and I strongly believe it. If you are an expensive veteran on the Eagles, you should not be safe. Um, and if Carson Wentz could be traded, anyone could be traded. And certainly a 31-year-old guard coming off a major injury would fit in that category, no matter how good a player he is. I just don't know if you're going to get the type of compensation that would merit taking on that cap hit, at least doing so before June 1st. Uh, and then out, outside of him, I think you might be looking at some of these, um, you know, an Andre Diller type, although I'm not sure that, that that's something they would do before they get these guys on the field to, you know, to, to see how they both look, uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside, uh, maybe like, uh, you know, my underachiever for your underachiever, um, they don't really have anyone. I want to. I want to move a JJ Arthega Whiteside to a tight end. I mean, really, this is what I think they you have a be better doing. chance of moving him elsewhere, right? Really? Like, why? I mean, why can't why can't he be? I mean, Dallas Goddard can do it all, right? He can block. Uh, if JJ Arthega Whiteside is lining up at tight ends and getting more favorable matchups, and you can help him uh, find soft spots in zone coverage, like you're telling me that guy can't give you what Richard Rodgers gave you, just stand in the back of the end zone and catch some touchdowns. 
I mean, look, if he's your number three tight end behind Kyle Pitts and Dallas Goddard, I am oh, Okay, so if you move if you move JJ or take a white side to tight end, he'd be a top ten pick. This is what's that what happened. I mean, even like a guy like Dan Arnold, you know, I'm seeing like uh, some buzz on a guy like Dan Arnold, who is for those of you, I would hope you have no idea who that is. If you do, you have a problem. No, uh, if Carver- you're reading Shield stuff, you you're good. <laughs> Cardinals yeah. tight end, you know, uh, kind of worked his way. Um, it w- was a former wide receiver, I believe. I think he's like 6'6", 220. And it's it's like you can – yeah, I feel like you, you should be able to uh, do that. So I don't know. that They, they should assign one coach to just be like, listen, this is your pet project. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is going to be on the roster next year. Find a way to maximize what we can get out of him. Uh, do whatever you want. And let's let's see where we end up. If that were me, I would say, all right, JJ, come over here with the tight ends. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, by the way, so they have, I believe, you know, they, they have four tight ends under contract right now. Two of them fit the profile of a player you just described. One being Hakeem Butler. Well, I, I, oh. I, should, I, I should say they have five tight ends because I... I did not include Zach Ertz in that mix, but four tight ends who you are expecting to bring with you this summer. Um, one being Hakeem Butler, who uh, was a was the fourth round pick or third round pick at wide receiver out of Iowa State, a program that that this coaching staff has very close connections to, was a and stud. At now Iowa we're State. For an Osprey Award, just to put that in okay. There. Okay. <laughs> we it will changed. get to that when we get the Ospreys. Well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and Eagles are converting him to tight end. <laughs> and then also Tyree Jackson, uh, who was a quarterback at Buffalo, who the Eagles signed to do a Logan Thomas type conversion. So the Eagles mm-hmm. are very much thinking that way. Logan Thomas had like 600 yards last year. Did oh, you know yes. that? I did, you know, because yeah. because as part of these exercises, I'm going through every roster and you know looking at needs, and I'm like, oh, I, I knew Logan Thomas flashed a little bit. I I mean, he almost had as many yards as Hunter Henry, who's going to get uh, you know overpaid at, at ten million dollars a year or something like that. Uh, well, the Patriots, he, he'd be a good fit for the Patriots. That's a really tough scheme to play tight yeah. end in, and so you can sign a guy like Hunter Henry and and step right in and and be there a major upgrade for them. Yep. Okay. Uh, a couple of questions came in. Someone asked about uh, Yannick and Gakwe because there were some rumors of the Eagles within Gakwe uh, last year. Great job, no, I mean, he's a, well you think he's a top 10 free agent, Shield? Yeah, a guy tweeted at me. You know, <laughs> I, I teased out my tweet 
And I, I just said, all right, these are the guys who have been tagged. You're the top five free agents and, um, you know, link to it. And some guy quote tweeted me with a LOL. Yannick is not a top 10 free agent. And so, uh, you know, I mean, I was upset about it. I, I don't know. I was annoyed by it. I was like, you know, you know, sometimes you have to exercise restraint and you're just like, I want to crush this guy right now. Like, get out of here. You know, I've, I've written, just written about 150 free agents. I think I know if Yannick Ngakwe is a top 10 free agent, whoever the hell you are. But I'm like, all right, I'm not going to tweet that at this guy right now, but Bo, uh, I think was more annoyed uh, than even I was. So Bo had a little tweet back at him. And so finally I, I settled on, uh, I'm going to wait till Yannick and Gakwe gets a big contract. And then I'll say, well, you know, maybe it's a night where I'm having a couple beverages and then I'll decide, uh, you know, whether to just retweet that guy or just ask him if he still thinks Yannick mm-hmm. and Gakwe is a top 10 free agent. Anyway, uh, and Gakwe, you're looking at, you know, 16, 17 million dollars a year, I would say, uh, minimum. That's not going to be like a one, a short term deal or anything like that. So, no, I don't think in Gakwe, uh, that that would surprise me, uh, if he were somebody that they went after. And also, it's a position where you, you have two young, talented players on the roster and you have to kind of decide what to do with them. Someone asked about a wide receiver on a one year, uh, under nine million dollar a year contract. Uh, T yeah, T Y Hilton. They mentioned, no, I don't think T Y Hilton would make any sense for them. He, he's clearly in the decline stage of his career. I'll give you a little tease. I've got T Y Hilton going to the Kansas city chiefs. How about that? Little one year, little short term deal replaces Sammy Watkins. He's not going to be getting the number one corner. You team him with a Tyree kill and a Travis Kelsey. Uh, maybe he's someone who could thrive, maybe chase a super bowl ring. If you were a receiver and you get a chance to be like a top three receiver with Patrick Mahomes, you, you probably just do it, right? You know, juice those stats a little bit, re-enter the market next year. It's like if you're an edge rusher, I would just go sign with the Rams, play with Aaron Donald for a year. <laughs> this has happened two years in a row. Dante yep. Fowler does it. You're going to get 10 sacks, bank the next year. Uh, Leonard Floyd is probably going to be the same scenario. So I'll give you another tease. Uh, how about you, Devion Clowney? to the Rams. Couldn't you see them just being, everyone's like, Absolutely. Oh boy, Los Angeles, you know, they're the star power of Jadeveon Clowney. So I've got them taking a flyer on him. Uh, the receiver question one year makes it tough. I mean, maybe a guy like Marvin Jones, he's probably looking, he's probably looking at around, uh, under 9 million, I would say eight, eight million he's, a year. He's, he's going to the Rams. You think Marvin? Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that prediction. Yeah. He's okay. going to the Rams. Him and Stafford are close. He's from that area. Oh, uh, yeah. I could have used you yeah, all day for the 12 hours it took me to write this <laughs> stupid uh, thing. I'll text you next time. All <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I like yeah. that I think, one. I, I think he's a Ram next year. Uh, no, I, 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 oh, no, I was just going to say, let me say on Marvin Jones, his numbers are crazy over the last five yeah. years. I mean, a lot of it is counting numbers, uh, but – do you know he's seventh among wide receivers in touchdowns over the last five years? I do, yep. Yeah. That's great. I do, of course. All right. All right. He was a real good <laughs> well, well, so he was a really good signing. Um, when you know, he's the type of signing if the Eagles had more money, like when he was going from Cincinnati to Detroit, you're looking mm. for 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 that type of player. But the type of contract you're talking about is really what I would call like the Nelson Aguilar memorial contract or not mm. memorial contract, but Nelson Aguilar contract, right? A yeah. guy who's, who's, whose stock is down, who signs that one year deal to a place where he's going to get playing time. And then he, he earns the bigger deal. 
Um, so, you know, there's – so uh, uh, Bo mentioned Will Fuller. I, I think Will Fuller is going to get paid, um, but mm. Will Fuller would be that type of candidate um, for the reasons Bo mentioned, like like coming off suspension. Um, uh, you know, he, he has the injury history. You, he, he might want to rebuild his stock. Look, you, he, he comes back to his hometown. Um, he could be the number one receiver here. Uh, the guy. Give, give me an off season, <laughs> by the way, where the Eagles sign Will for draft Kyle Pitts in the first round and Christian Barmore in the second round. Like, like I, you're not supposed to, uh, you know, you're supposed to be very neutral about the teams you cover. If if they hit the uh, you know the trifecta with with like Philly guys, um, that would be good content. So uh, no, but uh, Will Fuller's a, a guy who who fits that category. Uh, Sammy Watkins might be a guy who could potentially fit that category. Um, Perriman was that type of player. Give a thumbs down to that. <laughs> um, AJ Green's a little too old. I'm 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 just I'm I'm going down. I mean, I don't here. like, I don't, I don't like uh, John Ross. I don't think he's, you know, he's going to mount yeah. anything, but that fits the Nelson Aguilar description that, that you're saying, because I mean, John Ross could be out of the league uh, if he doesn't do something uh, this year. Will Fuller, I, if I'm a team that is competing for a Super Bowl this year, then I take a one-year flyer on Will Fuller. I mean, I, I just don't see how, if you're a GM that you can use your money to sign Will Fuller and, and like, you know, uh, commit to him for more than one year given the injury history and the suspension, but um, uh, we will certainly uh, see there. I'm looking at some of these other names on here. I mean, I, you know, a guy, uh, I think Bo liked to Keelan Cole a little bit, mm-hmm. right, Bo? You, you were somewhat interested in him. I mean, yeah, for like a million dollars. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to light it up, but if he could, could he potentially be a solid number two wide receiver for no money? Yes, he could be that. Um, if you're looking at not a one-year deal, I mean, I don't think know if these guys are going to have to take one-year deals, but you know, I like a Rashard Higgins. I know Marissa likes a Rashard Higgins uh, from the Cleveland Browns, 26 years old. Um, you know, I, I think maybe there's like a little bit of upside there. I know you guys were gassing up uh, Josh Reynolds which I disagreed with, but I mean, I think all those guys, they're, they're not going to be making, um, you know, uh, you said under $9 million. I don't think any of those guys are going to be making that type of money. Okay. But I think those guys you sign, you want to be signing to like a two year deal with upside, right? You Three, know, like four you, years. Like a, yeah. Like a Kendrick Bourne, right? You want right. to be taking a, taking a swing where it's going to pay off for you because next year it doesn't matter. Exactly. So that is the weird uh, situation they're in. Bo has just been in there. Uh, sure. What room is what room is this, Bo, that you're in at the in-laws' house? This is the playroom. Okay. <laughs> Bo is in the playroom. Uh, he's showing us the toys there. That he's angle just... of Bo's head and the toys in the background. <laughs> <Great set. laughs> this is like the the Ellen uh, selfie at the uh, at the Oscars. Yes. Now, what's the um, wait? Someone in the chat called the next one the second fourth annual Ospreys, and I definitely think that's what we need to call it—the second fourth annual. Yeah. What What's the beverage situation there, Bo? I'm kind of afraid about how much I think you're gonna like drown your sorrows. Maybe in some beverages after this. Is there is is fridge stocked? Okay. (laughs) Long tail IPA. So Bo Bo is drinking an IPA in the playroom of his in-laws house (laughs) on what he termed the worst night uh, of his life. If anyone wants to know about that. All right. So uh, Zach, give us the schedule because I I don't think we're doing uh, yeah, we're not doing a show until things uh, probably start 
happening next week. So Phil, the uh, Bo, can you go back on mute to get rid of that uh, static uh, for us? And Zach, uh, what well, do you got? I, I just wanted a very brief discussion here. Uh, we are we're not at draft talk yet, right? Mm. Um, I I get that, but uh, Shields' good friend Daniel Jeremiah did a uh, <laughs> a marathon conference call yesterday. I was I was on the call. And was I, I've made these allusions uh, or these these references during this podcast to Kyle Pitts, but Daniel Jeremiah was like adamant, like 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 not even opining, was adamant that this is the no brainer selection for the Eagles. That they 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 if he's on the board, he said I don't know if it's ten minutes, fifteen minutes in the first round. But you don't even take the whole like you go up and get it. He said you take Kyle Pitts over Jamar Chase. Um, he he uh, gave a handful of of reasons. He he mentioned something that we talked about on the pod a few weeks ago. When if he was a wide receiver, you'd be talking about him as a top ten, top fifteen pick. He's like an absolute matchup nightmare. Changes games, changes the way defense. I hate you. that. Then why but, doesn't he play wide receiver? <laughs> Um, well, because <laughs> he I mean, can, really he, like he, it, like there's more can. money in that. There well, are more job opportunities in that, you know, everything about playing wide, you don't have to block everything about playing wide receiver is better than tight end. So when I read, if he was a wide receiver, if he, if he just changed the thing next to his name to WR, he would be this. I, I think, no, he wouldn't because then somebody would have just said, we're changing him to wide receiver right now. Why the hell are we playing this guy at tight end? Well, well, look, you you can play him at the, at at the X if you want. Um, the, a few other things he mentioned was uh, was how um, how uh, someone in the league pointed out to him when you look at the franchise tag values between wide receiver and tight end. There's this market inefficiency in the tight end second contract that if you're tight end, like I mean, frankly, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. What they're paying Travis Kelsey, who's effectively their number one receiver, compared to what. Uh, what other number one receivers are making? So These are like, two guys. You're talking about two guys. <laughs> like you're talking yeah. Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, who will who okay. very well by the end of their careers may go down as two of the top like three, five tight ends of all time. I mean, that's the ceiling. I mean, so, think think of what he has to be to be to to justify that value. What you're saying is that so, he, that's that's who he has to yeah, be. So and there's no room for anything else. But so the just, franchise tag thing is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You cannot so be taking a guy based on a market inefficiency five years down the road that could be like corrected over the next couple of years. If you think he's like a worse player, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, no, no but no, but the the point being that that he might be the best player in the draft. Bob McGinn, our our colleague at at the Athletic, who uh, talked to all these scouts um, for a piece that's that's out there today. You should read was saying that uh, I, I think the quote was he has the best chance of being a Hall of Famer of anyone in this draft class. Um, Bruce Feldman has a great piece on The Athletic where he did his mock draft based on what college coaches were saying and just just read what's said in there about Kyle Pitts. And so I know this is a polarizing topic. And uh, and frankly, if, if, if the Eagles took Jamar Chase, it probably wouldn't be good content in our grading the pick series because we would all be like, yeah, this is this is a smart, sensible pick, right? Oh, oh, and the other thing I I, I should say too, uh, another point Daniel Jeremiah made was that like you can go back 
in the second round or the third round or the fourth round and find a starting quality wide receiver, uh, the, 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 there's a big difference between Pitts. Do you know and how he's starting tight end? What? All the best tight none of the best tight ends have gotten taken in the first round. <laughs> what are you talking about? Every so, tight end who gets taken in the first round stinks. So, and George Kittle and Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski. None of these guys, they, they, the NFL hasn't figured out tight end where they, they know who the best guys are. They think freaking TJ Hawkinson. Who, what the hell has TJ Hawkinson done in, in two years? I mean, no one would say that was a good pick looking back at it. I could bring up the whole list of first round pick tight ends. Now, I, I need to be clear here. I've done no homework on Kyle Pitts, okay? I've been drowning in free agency. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna start getting all my draft takes ready. I might think that I might agree with everyone. I mean, I would I probably should. Everybody has this guy in the Hall of Fame. He might be fantastic. What I'm arguing against is all the reasons for taking a tight end with the number six pick, not not the player. So especially, you know, he's a Philly guy. I don't want it to sound like yeah. I'm crushing this guy. I hope he does have a Hall of Fame career. I would probably just let somebody else uh take that gamble. There's Fair. a lot so, in, I believe, the McGinn piece. That solidified for me how how dumb this is when someone said, you know, I was a little bit worried about him as a blocker in 2019, but he really addressed that this year. Who cares? <laughs> um, so so we'll have a, a lot of time during the next two months to talk about Kyle Pitts, but I I, I wanted to bring that up. But uh, the thing I, I I would add is all the things you guys are saying are are are, are valid. Um, and look, if you're not going to draft him based on positional value, that's that's certainly a defensible position, in my opinion. That being said, the reason, the one or the rationale that I will not accept, I, I say I, I will not accept that as if like uh, I am the arbiter of this. Favorite thing, yeah. Paul loves this. Yeah. When you just go uh, big on yeah. very quickly. The, positional value is a crock, not a gator. Oh, there you go. That's a good joke. Thanks for unmuting for that. The, uh, the, and, and, and and look, I am a sucker for, for Kyle Pitts because he's just like, like when you watch him play, he is incredible. He is the best player on the field in every game. He's out there. What did he have? Like 700 yards. I, I I have to look up, up, up the numbers. He was an absolute like matchup nightmare, but, 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 wait, but anyway, so what I was saying is, is, is the rationale that doesn't fly with me is that, well, Dallas Goddard's on the roster, and this is like one position where the Eagles don't need to worry about. I've said this before, and I will say this for the next, I think it's 50 days from now until the draft. Um, the Eagles can't think about anyone on their roster. The only With the number six pick, the only thing they need to think about, oh my, my iPad just, just fell. The only <laughs> thing they need to think about is who has – the best chance of being an elite player for them. They can't think about uh, Andre Dillard and Jordan Mylod at left tackle. That they can't think about Jalen Hurts at quarterback. They can't think about Dallas Goddard at tight end. I don't think they're in a position where there's a defensive end there. But the only thing, the only thing that they need to think about is who is the best player for the next ten years for the Philadelphia Eagles. If they start making decisions based on their depth chart now, then they could be passing on a difference maker because of a guy who like like Dallas Goddard's good, but 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 you don't pass on on, on Michael Jordan because Clyde Drexler's on your team, right? Like you take the best guy out there and then you figure it out from there. Uh, 
I, I would agree with, yeah, I would agree with the part about don't worry who's on your roster right now. Uh, but I still think positional value yeah, is, absolutely. A, is a, absolutely. yeah, that's a different, different yeah. conversation. I mean, let's say in this hypothetical, uh, where they take Kyle Pitts, I mean, I would have Dallas Goddard out the door, you know, within, uh, within five minutes. You can trade Dallas Goddard. You can get, uh, I would think you can get a second round. Hayden Hurst got a second round pick, right? Yeah. Goddard's a better player um, than, than Hayden Hurst for sure. And it's not a great uh, free agent market for tight end. So, so you really could trade Dallas Goddard and get someone for him. Now, please do not give me the Garbanzo Beans uh, 12 personnel. We're going to be the whatever year Patriots. I mean, really, the year is 2021. Don't give me that nonsense anymore. Get some wide receivers on the field and uh, and go that way. I feel like there was something else I was going to say that I forgot about, but uh, that's okay. All right. Good, good draft talk. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so the schedule coming up and, and by the way, you mentioned the, uh, the, the tight end class sleeper tight end in this class, another Philly native, John U. Smith. Uh, so I had to well, give a I shout out to Philly. A, I got a guy, I got him going to a place Eagles fans won't like. Where's that? New England Patriots. You mentioned Hunter Henry. Ooh, yeah. I, I could see them like in a John U. Smith. Look, that, that'd be a great, that'd be a sensible signing Philly native. Um, so what's coming up? Uh, next Sunday or well, next Monday, really the tampering period begins. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then the seventh, I said next Monday, this Monday coming up, the tampering period begins. Um, the 17th, the league year begins. And so a lot of these reported signings are, 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 are going to come out between, you know, during the tampering period, that's when we heard about Hargrave last year. That's that that that's when real uh, things really pick up. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, leading up to the start of the league year, you're going to see a lot. But the 17th is important for a few reasons. Obviously, that's the start of the league year, so things can become official. But the Eagles need to be cap compliant by the 17th. Okay, um, players who are on their uh, well. I, I, I shouldn't bury the lead here. All these trades that we've been talking about become official. So Carson Wentz is no longer a member of the Philadelphia, of the Philadelphia Eagles as of 4 p.m. on March 17th. Um, there are contracts such as those uh, of, of players on fifth-year options like Derek Barnett who become guaranteed uh, by 4 p.m. on March 17th. Um, and uh, we will – Hopefully hear from Howie Roseman and, and Nick Sirianni, not on the 17th, but I would hope a, f- a few days thereafter. Uh, so things will really start to accelerate on Monday. Um, Wednesday is when these things become official. And even if the Eagles are not, um, you know, and, and so Tuesday and, and Wednesday, things will trickle out. And I think uh, Thursday and Friday next week, there will be some news as well. So it's going to be a very eventful week. Unlike Major League Baseball, uh, by like next Sunday, next Monday, this thing's over, and we start to we start to talk about the draft, right? Like the NFL free agency is really a, a week, um, but it's it's going to be a very busy week. It's going to be huge for Shields' numbers. Make sure you you check out all of Shields' work, uh, and and uh, yeah, I I always like the I I admit I've I've, I've if if we did some some stories about free agencies of years past, um, I've had some stressful moments during these times. Some like late nights, some 
some uh, frantic car rides. Um, I I went to the uh, the private airport where Demarco Murray's plane was landing. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, I, I I I I did that. I the Maxwell Awards were always on the Friday of free agency. And you could always get Chip Kelly walking out of the Maxwell Award. So uh, I, I done some uh, some stalking of Chip Kelly in Atlantic City casinos um, <laughs> <laughs> during free agency. Um, I'm, I, I, I have some other. Oh, I uh, my first year on the beat, I didn't fully understand the uh, tampering period, and I was on a uh, on a date um during the tampering period and i had to excuse myself when uh things were starting to leak out and actually leave the uh <laughs> and leave the date so there are um uh, this is a pretty busy week here and uh looking forward to it i left my uh my wife was waiting for me for dinner uh she was visiting when I was at philly.com during the Brian Dawkins year. And so I'm at the office and there's just, I mean, this was a different world. Like I, I don't even remember if there was Twitter, uh, if Twitter was happening. And so you're just like literally uh, refreshing like pro football talk. And then I'm going to like the, uh, I forget the guy who was reporting it. I don't think he was a Broncos reporter. Like he had an in with somehow that he knew that Dawkins was leaving and signing uh, with the Broncos. And so I'm trying to track this guy down. Like I'm, you know, I'm like emailing this guy and uh, it was a different world. But um, as I, I've told you guys, every place I've worked at the, uh, the interest in free agency, then basically the next two months, the interest in free agency trades, the draft eclipses the interest uh, of what's happening in the season. Of course, if, if your team's going to the Super Bowl and it's 2017, that's different. But this is the time of year where every fan base is just like, all right, you know, we're going to get this guy, this guy, and this guy. We're going to the playoffs next year. It's going to be awesome. And so I do, uh, I have learned to enjoy um, this period and see where different guys sign and all that. All right, Bo, uh, people want to know if you have a, uh, you know, ballpark date for when the, what is it? The second, fourth annual Ospreys? Is that where, okay. When the mm -hmm. second, when, when do you want to uh, do this now? It's up to, it's up to you guys when, when I can bother you with it again. Well, um, I don't know, maybe uh, in between free agency and the draft or should, or do we do it after the draft as a celebration of the, um, no, that's too late. Okay, I saw your face. I mean, this is why I see this. I don't like when people do this. When I ask I them the question and they're supposed to give an answer and then they throw it back at me and then that's so fair. then I say something and then they're not happy with what I said. I mean, I just asked you to say what it should be. So go ahead and tell us when you would like it to be and then we don't have to go through this whole exercise. Why don't we do it? Why don't we do it the week after free agency? Well, I mean, free agency doesn't just like end one day. What's the week after free agency? Oh, two weeks. Two weeks from this week. <laughs> so that so that would be Wednesday, March twenty fourth. <laughs> if that works for you guys, I don't think that's going to be a great time for us. I think we should do okay. it. Uh, let's oh, do it. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let, let's book it in for like the first two weeks of April sometime. All right. That's so it'll be idea. in the draft. I think that'll be a quieter time for all of us. We might, uh, you know, we've gotten through all the big stuff and we'll do it then. How does that sound? You know, I'll, I, this is really supposed to be like a summer suit. You know, I got the light. This is a light gray. And so, um, you know, it, it can kind of expand your wardrobe options a little bit. 
I do. You you look great. Thank you. All right. Okay. Well, uh, that will do it for uh, I think uh, you know a very unique episode of Birds with Friends. I see some of you are you know still uh, stuck with us. Uh, you're sickos, but we thank you for that. Um, I did ask on Twitter get some reviews on the Apple podcast page because I've still got three pasta videos gift cards to give out and I didn't give them out today. And so I will give them out uh, maybe next week when we do our show. So get your reviews in, let us know what you thought about this, uh, this episode <laughs> of the Ospreys, what you thought about Bo's opening there, maybe uh, uh, what your favorite joke was. If you want to congratulate Marissa on getting engaged, anything you want to do, uh, go ahead and, and do that there. Make sure you check out The Athletic. Of course, theathletic.com slash birds with friends. That's still alive. We are going to be having free agency, trades, all that analyzed in the weeks ahead. So for Marissa, Zach, Bo, Bo's in-laws, <laughs> Netgear, BetMGM, Wi-Fi everywhere. Thank you for listening to Birds with Friends, and we will talk to you next week.